Hey, welcome everybody to Podcast 64. Uh, I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. This is Five Pin Universe's podcast. We'd just like to thank All Star Bowling for uh, sponsoring us for the month of June again. Um, they This wouldn't be really possible without them, and uh, we appreciate it very much. Thanks, Shelby and All Star Bowling. So we have the Wiseman Tins, a slightly inebriated Dexter Wiseman, Tim <laughs> Wiseman, and Adam Weber. <laughs> Uh, we'd just like to uh, bring in our special guest. Um, she is clearly a bowler that has been on top of her game for a very long time, top of the sport. She's uh, won many accolades, and uh, we'd like to bring her in, Jennifer Smith. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Jen. Welcome. For a lot of our listeners, uh, you might remember her as Marshall, formerly known as Marshall, now Smith. Um she won the Autumn Open, obviously won Double Crown, all those accolades, and back-to-back TSNs. So, uh, Jen, that would be kind of our first topic. How was uh, winning the biggest cash tournaments back in the day um, on TV? Well, in all honesty, that was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was different. Um, the first... Honestly, the first year was when I lost. I think I lost in the semifinals or something. But the first few matches, just getting used to everybody and commercial breaks and all that jazz, which you guys obviously do with the Tour Championship. But, yeah, it was definitely different. Hot, very hot with all those cameras and the lights. But eventually you get in your game and you tune everything out. Did you get much uh, practice time before your matches on that set of lanes, or was it a practice session off off air or whatever? Um, practice session aside, to, well, it depended which house we were in because we started at one center, but when we switched to the other center, it was brief a few minutes before we went live. Whereas at the old, the first center, my first few years there, it was different because there was actually the way it was set up. They had a set on the backside that you could practice on. Okay. So the, the second or the, the later ones you're at, was that in Calgary at Frank Sissons? No, Aurora. Oh, okay. It was still in Ontario. I think I only played Sissons once, to be honest with you. That was the last few years, or the last, yeah, because it was only the last few years that it was there before it was cut, right? Correct. I remember yeah. being at the pit with you. Yeah, for the first few times it was Markham, and then they switched to Aurora, and then they brought it out when Frank Sisson started doing the 10 pin. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. What Dude. what years were that, was that, Jen? Oh, my God. That's so long <laughs> ago. Oh. <laughs> On a day, I would have won 98, 99, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And which year did you win the Autumn Open, Jen? Oh. I don't know. I'm still at Toppler. <laughs> All these yeah. things we should probably know before. Exactly. <laughs> 2006, maybe? 2009? Oh, okay. So a little, a little ways after the TSN wins. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there, there's even a the, the relatively big gap in between which one was your your open wins or no your masters masters, masters singles yeah twenty years apart which is incredible wow, as well to, to to be that good for so long or be able to find it uh, I guess 
Uh, yeah. So for the most part, I guess uh, you would have been playing more of the team side uh, of well, Masters. Well, and it's funny because you know how I've always, I've done singles so many times and I truly, I love playing on the team. So at the end of the day, if I can sit the last two tournaments to be on the team, that's what I did for multiple years. And then the year that I started off really crappy and ended up winning the next two, I was like, and that was Regina. So that would have been my 20th year, I'm guessing. Yeah, it would have been my 20th Masters. I said, oh, it would be pretty cool to go back as singles and give myself a chance to win. So yeah. I got set in my head that I was going for singles that year. And it was whether I played well the first tournament or the first tur tournament for the last set at Paradise. And then I basically waited for Carrie to give me stats. Like, he's like, are you playing tomorrow? I was like, well, it depends. I said, if I have the chance for singles, I'm going to play. But if I don't, I'm going to sit and stay on the team. So, yeah, that's what made me decide, which is completely different mind frame than what I've had for multiple years. I'd rather the team is the team is so much more enjoyable for me yeah. than singles. And when you've done it, and in all honesty, I did it for so long that the first chance that I had to be on the team was a breath of fresh air. And I enjoyed it so much. I was like, hmm, this is what the game's really about. It's not about mm -hmm. me. I've already accomplished that. I need to go out and do something I actually enjoy and have bring people along with me to enjoy it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the success and get them motivated mm -hmm. and try and help them win. Jan, I, I do have a question for you. When, when you won in 97, uh, both for masters and open, that doesn't happen that often. Like, well, like it, do you ever look back and think that's pretty incredible or you're just, just like, what, just another day or like, you know, how you normally are? <laughs> well, so in all honesty, Jim, yeah. I was like, because there's what, there's only myself and Bobby Herman that have done it. And, and you did the same, same year. time, same the year. Same, yeah. Exact same year. Yeah. So, and this was the thing that um, after him and I had won the open and him and I had the opportunity to represent each province at Masters, we just had that conversation that night. It was like, would it not be cool to set a record that most people won't ever do in their lifetime mm -hmm. or even have like, even have that chance to do. And Bobby yeah. was like, Hmm, it would be pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, him and I kind of, and I know it's not same province, like really at the end of the day, I was playing with somebody else from my province, but we're also talking about setting records. So, of course, Bobby was behind me. I was behind Bobby and encouraging him all the way to help him succeed at doing something that probably will never be done again. Like, Adam, you've had, you have the chance to do it. And in the guys, it's a lot harder. And especially in this day and age, it's definitely a lot harder. I can't or, seem to get that singles title from Tim. Hmm? <laughs> I can't seem to get that singles title from Tim either. <laughs> I don't even. I, I was hey. third. Or, sorry, I was second right? three years. Hey, hey, COVID did though. <laughs> Bobby Herman would be like the absolute perfect person to have like push you too, because you guys are very similar mindsets. Very like very very intense um, in, in your game. So I can I could see that working really well. Good good choice of person to push you. For sure. yeah. Especially 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That wow. mentality was very much there. 
intense was another that's like a whole new level for bobby herman was oh yeah 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 hmm. that's kind of cool uh, what 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 do you feel like uh i i don't obviously know the records but i'm guessing you probably are um really the first female to ever win uh, a tour event i mean you think about it right i mean I don't think any. I don't think there's a female before you, or maybe was it, or maybe Karen. No, it was Jen. Oh, Jen Baker's won since me. Oh. Yeah, but before you. Before I me, think, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not sure if Karen won before '99. I don't. I think yeah, it was shortly we, we, after that. I Mark Miller after. says it was '99, Jen. Just so you know, I mean, you were close, but not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I mean, seven years. I mean, that's within the oh, same number. Right? Like, you know, that's, two hands. that's, that's, that's a long time ago. It was 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first year of juniors. <laughs> Back. Well done, Dexter. Well done. Yeah, just throw that out there. 98 was a good year, too. First Nationals, Victoria, BC. Or, sorry. What? Uh, what Langley. It was Langley. Yeah. Sorry? What, as a junior? No, 98 was my first year as a Bantam. Oh, as a Bantam? I, mean, yeah, Bantam yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had two years of Masters Nationals under my belt by then. See, Jen, this is what I deal you, with every week. Being You you class. look younger than the both of us, though, so good, good for you. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, are both of you guys, if you got rid of that facial hair, you'd look way younger. Oh, thank yeah, you. But it is you for sure. Well, you saw better. me at Masters Nationals this year. I was baby faced after. I know. No way. My, no way. My point. Yeah, it was horrible. Facial hair ages you about ten years. You could have thrown a diaper on me, and nobody would have known the difference. <laughs> 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 Never I, I'd make a comment, but I'm gonna refrain. <laughs> so did, did that, all that that single success near you know near the end of the '90s uh, was that kind of a direct correlation to uh, maybe not playing as many of the singles tour events? Because I, I know that kind of slowed down the the last you know 15 years or so for you. Uh, more so, yeah, it does. Like, the only thing I honestly truly play is the Autumn Open. A, and I was, what, Maddie? Do you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi, Adam. But okay, then you got to go, okay? <laughs> oh, we got both. Yeah, but, okay. The family. I know, but mommy's going here because the pad wasn't working very well, okay? <laughs> so, I know. It's not the first, it won't be a last gen. No, no, honestly, Adam, it, it actually became that the whole world was bowling. And I just decided it was time to take a step back and use all my vacation time was bowling, bowling, bowling. It was going to tournaments, playing the Open, playing Masters, TSN, all of it. So it was just, in my mind, it was time to just take a step back. And I had been so successful. I had accomplished pretty much everything I wanted everything. to. And it was time to just say, hey, there's more to life then. I'm going to experience other things and use my holidays in other ways. Right. 
It makes a ton yeah, of sense. Totally get it. Yeah. It's hard. There was a lot of years where I, I chose not to go to like Regina or, or tournaments like that because, you know, I, I openly struggled in Regina to an extent and a lot of it, a lot of it was in my head, but uh, you know, if you don't, you don't play well, that's, you know, a $1,500 weekend for bowling. Right? Well, and that was the thing, like back in the day, honestly, you, you could qualify and you could make it actually worthwhile just even qualifying. And then yeah. it came to the point where you weren't even getting the entries that, you know, if you qualified, you had to make it to the fours to even have like your weekend remotely covered. So I was just like, hey, there's just a little more to life than just donating or putting all my money towards bowling. And mm, that's sure. kind of where I fell back. And then it came to the point where then I met Mark and we started doing other things. And instead of playing Graham, <laughs> instead of playing the Open, I went to Vegas with him for Worlds because his worlds were the same time as nationals would have been for us for the open. So it just, I was like, mm, one, it totally became one or the other. And I truly, I chose masters for a few different reasons. A we're family. Us women have, there's four of us for the most part that have played together for years. Yeah. Whereas the open, my dad was so involved in the open and it truly after he passed it truly kind of put the mm, i don't need to do this anymore my time is better spent and there was i came back the year after when tracy moved here and that was like no graham please go that was five years after my dad had passed i came back to the open and i always told tracy smith that if she moved to calgary i would play I didn't tell her I would play consecutively. I told her I would play. <laughs> so I did come back one year and it just, it wasn't the same for me. I think because my dad's involvement was, he was so present. Like he coached us. He, he was my world when it came to bowling and my drive and desire for the open truly died when he passed away. Like it just wasn't the same. Whereas he wasn't involved in the masters as much. I love you too, but he wasn't involved as much in the masters. So it was easy. And like I said, those girls became my second family. If I play with them for year after year after year, you get a one person switch, a two person switch, but the majority of the time it's the same girls. But I, I really think that's such a great thing uh, that we have in Alberta for masters. Anyway, is that like we are super close knit. I mean, Every time we have a, a tournament, everybody all goes out to dinner together after, and we all hang yeah. out. And um, it's, uh, I think it plays a huge part in our success. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're just super fortunate for the community that we have. Um, so yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. For sure. And it's not just, and it's not just your women, like your women and your men. Truly, they mingle. We mingle at tournaments. We mingle outside of tournaments. Like I've got my favorite five that, you know, we still do barbecues. We still do that kind of stuff. I don't, Matthew. Get Mark to rile them up. You know, and it's just, <laughs> you become you become a family. Adam, when you come to Calgary, it's like 
you make that extra effort to, hey, you know, we haven't seen you or you haven't seen my family. We make that extra effort to, A, go watch Braxton play soccer or do whatever it is, just to get that quality time outside of the lanes. It's so rare, right? Yeah. 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 No, I, I remember the, your dad just being around all the time when he came to the Open. Because when, when he was still alive, I, I really wasn't on the scene yet. Yeah. Uh, so, so I didn't play a whole lot, but I was always down with my mom and, and uh, she was always running the open and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I have so many good memories uh, of just watching your dad on the lanes and uh, watching his coaching style and uh, just, just the, the reactions that he was able to get from whoever he was around. Yeah. Tr truly incredible, man. Yeah. So, um, obviously, Jen, you've been a part of bowling for quite a while and competing at the highest level, um, not only for ladies, but any bowler. And I think that's the great thing about the tour, not being gender specific. You don't have to have a ladies division and a men's division to compete against each other. I, I really enjoyed that part of the cash circuit. Yeah, I know um, there's quite a few ladies out there that don't see it the same way. Um, I kind of want, I want to hear your take on it. Do you, do you feel that gender neutrality is a, is a good part of the aspect or? Oh, for sure. Because you know what? It's, you're only as tough as you want to be, first of all. So if you have that mentality that you can't play against the men, of course, you know that going in, it already puts you one step lower. Because at the end of the day, if you're playing your game any given day, you can beat Adam, you can beat, I can beat Adam, I can beat Tim, I can beat Jax. And, but if, before I even start, I tell myself, well, really, why I'm not going to? Well, you've already put the negativity in your head. And it, at the end of the day, it's always just you against the pins. It doesn't matter who's in the field. If you're executing that shot, you're just as good as anybody else on that given day. Yeah, that's always one thing that's always reiterated. There's no defense in bowling. There's only yeah. offense. So if you can knock the pins down just as well as anybody else, you should be able to compete at any point in time, right? True story. Mm -hmm. There's a few people who try to defense out there. I was just going to say, and there's, <laughs> there is a handful of women that are just mentally tough. And yeah. mentally tough to compete at that level with the men women a lot of women have the talent to do so but they're just not as mentally tough i think they can be they just put themselves back and like i said it's that they put that block in their head saying well i can't i can't yeah. play with a field of men but sure you can but with you like with you competing in the tour and Jen Baker competing in the tour and, and those people like that, do you feel like the tour or, or the gender neutrality makes you a better player when it comes time to oh, playing sure. in the open or, you know, masters, do you, do you feel like you have a step above because you are competing with the best of the best regardless? In all honesty, I'd rather play against the men because they make me, focus more i in all honesty i take a lot of it for granted and i 
don't play as tough when I'm not playing. So now I wrap myself into a different mentality and I say, okay, like Dex, when you and I are on the same draw for masters, you know, I'm not playing the women. I'm now playing you for five bucks a game or whatever. Yeah. It, it's just to motivate me differently. And okay, now I'm not, I'm not worried about what the women are doing. I'm trying to have a match against Dexter. So I started viewing it a little different because I found myself a lot of times just going through the motions. Yeah. And just going through the motions gets you in trouble. Because yeah. then you're looking at, oh, how, why would I finish seventh, eighth in the women when I can be in the top 10 with the men? It makes no sense. Yeah. It's just, different mind frame i think it is when you're playing in a mixed field yeah for sure well i, I still remember having conversations with my mom a long time ago uh, again as i'm coming through i'm watching your success i'm watching uh, a few of the other you know males have the same success and i still remember asking my mom what what made you so much better than the other women that you were facing against and uh, even my mom, like a very, very honest person says, because Jen plays like a man. <laughs> Jen has the mentality of a male that's out there. Uh, her drive, it, 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 and she's learned that throughout her, her youth career uh, to get on that same level. To, and, and that truly is probably your, your best trait uh, that, that made you so successful for so many years and even to this day. Um, once you get on the lane and, and you're playing against anybody, it, it, nothing changes whether you're playing male or female. Yeah. But I, I think your game improves a little bit more when you're playing against a male. Um, There's a little more desire. Yeah. There's a little more drive to compete at my level of the best I can play because I know at that level, I, I can beat any of you on any given day. But like I said, at the women, and it's nothing against the women at all. It's just a different mentality, uh, kind of like a, I kind of put myself in the back burner and just kind of wait and see what happens instead of playing my game, wait and see, well, who's doing what, who's doing what. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, now I got to play catch up, which mm -hmm. is not the greatest thing to be doing because these women can play. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. I think um, just going kind of back to the tour thing, if we did separate, not saying that more women wouldn't play, but would it be fair to the women that they're playing for such a less amount of money because there's less amount of them as compared to the guys that are playing for a lot more money? To me, it, it should be equal. And the numbers have to um, back that up, I think. Yeah. And so, so the, yeah. look, was it two years ago or three years ago, there was four of us women in the 16s yeah. of the Autumn Open? Yeah. Yep. So it just goes to show that, yeah, we can compete. And women just have to believe in themselves. There's, there's a lot of women that believe they can do it, like the Karen Armstrongs, the Jen Bakers, myself, mm -hmm. like Tracy can compete. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's... A ton of women that can do it it's just they need to believe in themselves that they can do it and i think that's the difference whereas 
Jen Baker, myself and Kelsey and the handful that have been successful, we believe in ourselves and we know we can do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Well, I, I remember the one year TPC was still at Collingwood. I think almost half the field of 32 is ladies. Women, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And like their their qualifying number, like the amount that tried qualifying was a lot less than the men, but they still made up half the match play field. Yeah. So you know they have, or uh, I shouldn't use that term, but they are definitely able to compete easily oh, with the men. But yeah. it's just it, you get that uh, sense that, they are shy or they don't feel that they can. That's definitely not the case. And and oh. you, you, Baker, Shauna, Karen, all these ladies have proved it. You just yeah. need, need the rest to uh, follow suit, right? Yeah. I think a large part of it is just getting that little bit of taste of success, right? But yeah. you have to give yourself the opportunity to do that. And as soon as you do give yourself that opportunity and do have that success, it, it's just going to springboard you forward into everything else, right? That's That's all it takes is making that one cut. Yeah. yeah, make that one cut and it's crazy to see how many women after they make that first cut how many of them start doing it continuously mm -hmm. Why? because now they believe in themselves yeah yeah exactly um so jen going with this whole thing you've been part of bowling so long um we dredged up some old footage that you were um <laughs> a part of some stuff here and we just want your uh, your take. I'm only going to show a couple minutes of it, but uh, let us know what your your thoughts are <laughs> on this. <laughs> See if I can grab it here. Oh, the Do bowling in the school! <laughs> Look at Shannis, hey? Yeah, Robbie. He hasn't, he hasn't oh, aged a day. <laughs> Same hair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how was it to be asked to uh, be a part of something like that, to uh, get it videoed as an instructional video and all that good stuff? It was actually pretty, it was pretty cool. It was pretty special, right? When you think about it, that they're playing this for bowling in the schools and a teaching technique. You're like, wow, out of all the people they could have picked, you're kind of like, well, why me? Well, I think you and, you and Robbie were good selections for sure. Perfect. How, how, what was the whole process behind that? How, how did it all come together? To be honest, I don't even know. It was, all I know is it was multiple days with Tom Patterson after a Saskatchewan bowling school that uh, Rob and I stayed a few days after to get the video done. But it was long days and it's all the pausing and like the technical stuff. I've never actually done so much technical stuff as it comes to bowling i'm not technical <laughs> i really i'm not like how, how many cameras did they have on site no was it, it was just the one just a few yeah it was like oh. very it was very simple someone actually with their vhs record or their vhs camcorder recording the thing it wasn't uh all right then what's vhs <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. You were in diapers. You were in diapers when I was filming that. I probably was, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would have took a long time with only one camera. You gotta stop to get the different angles and the different shots and yeah. Hmm. Back in the day, eh? 
and Tim, yeah. and Tim mm -hmm. Dexter, I still have the VHS of it. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Somewhere, but I still have it. Was not video do you still have a VCR to play it though? No, that's no. the problem. Right? <laughs> Maybe one of those one of those things that you can burn it onto a DVD or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Send it to Carrie. He's into all that. <laughs> no, not yeah, at all. Super good at it. Very good. He's got lots uh, of time on his hand right now too. I can tell you definitely. I don't have a VCR, so we're already out. Can do. You it. barely have internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a fair conclusion. Just think, tax season will be over soon, Carrie, and then you got all this extra time. You'll have all this money to go buy a VHS. Oh man. Right or a dubber? Right? No, you remember my last two seasons. You probably have to go to a pawn shop to get it, Adam. No, I don't think so. He lives you, in the tower. It doesn't even. But you get those combos, right? So that you can get that right. A DVD, a DVD cassette, a VHS combo. I think they have those machines. Yeah, but mm -hmm. no, you need actually one of those converters. You can you can okay. do that, but then what good is that? Do right, we'll, people still have VHSs? We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah, we we got to get bowling content out there. <laughs> Maybe we can make some new stuff. We don't, I don't know if Jen wants that out in the world again. The hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So speaking about old people, Robert uh, Gallagher says that he does have a VHS. So. Oh. Shocking. So the late... Price. The ladies are going back to Stetler this year for Masters. You maybe no, can bring it, and all the ladies can watch. No, it. you guys are in Stetler. This oh, we're in Stetler. Oh, dang! I was really hoping we weren't going to play there again. Yeah, Robert, book us in. It's a bad scoring house. We want to play somewhere else. <laughs> no, Innisdale is a bad scoring house, according to what you guys put up. It's it, it was a challenge. <laughs> Matt, Matt uh, the open was tougher, I heard. So that's that's what no, I was it was I, good I for a, some people. I shot a three hundred in my game eight, and I moved up like seventeen spots to come in third. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, was tough. Yeah. How how are you finding the, I, I guess the family balance when it comes to bowling? Well, definitely, like I said. Limited time. I'd rather, like I said, I'll, I'll play the Autumn Open because it's here. But then we've got Masters the following week. Then it's a few weeks and then it's TBC. So the actual, and it's unfortunate because now the numbers are there and it's the perfect time to be playing because it's actually worth something. And, but timing wise, like I said, typically November, we go away, take the boys away. And especially after having back-to-back -back weekends of bowling. And I'm grateful that the Autumn Open is here. And every second year, Masters are here. So I'm typically home, but I'm not home. I'm still bowling, but at least yeah. I'm here for the kids at night or in the mornings. Or, yeah, I'm not away all the time. And that's the one thing. I don't want to be away all the time. Yeah. I want to go watch Matthew play YBC. I want to go watch Graham's soccer games. Like, it's just, that's what my priority has become. Yeah. Yeah. However, I do appreciate my time away. And I find that 
my weekends away bowling are more enjoyable. Actually, I have more fun doing it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. I think I think Bonnie's in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've made so many good friendships over the years, and that's yeah. the only time that you have a chance to, to see them, especially, especially if you're not playing the Open Provincials or, or the Open Nationals. Right? Yeah. So it's yeah. trying to find that balance. Yeah. <laughs> balance. Gives you a good opportunity to get away and just forget about life a little. And just give me like 15 more minutes, okay, bud? Yeah. <laughs> Graham, enough. A, you have no clothes on. No. <laughs> we're going to get shut down. Oh, yeah, we're going to get flagged. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's definitely more enjoyable my weekends away. Of course, I come home and I realize how much I miss them, but to actually be gone and playing is, I enjoy it. I don't, I don't stress myself out as much doing it either. Right. You said it's now become my time. Whereas before it got to the point where it actually was a chore to go do it. Yeah. I did it because I still wanted to compete, but at the same time, I didn't want to be there. But I wanted to be there because of the people. <laughs> that makes any sense at all. We we struggle with that on a on a regular basis. Like, yeah, I, I, I always we all know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, so I, I don't blame you on that by yeah. any means. Yeah, we got to find a middle balance sometimes, and with everything going on, you feel obligated to show up and and participate, right? You know, there, true. there's limit. There's limits what you got to do. So, um, I think at one point, I mean, I mean, there's gonna be a point where I think both Terry Dexter and I, I know Adam's taking some time for himself. Right. I mean, um, but we got to figure out time to maybe figure that out at one point down the road. right? No. So. And it's true because you know what, you get so wrapped up and with you guys all being so involved in the tour and other stuff, it's, it's hard to take a step back and say, Oh, I want, I just want this weekend for me because mm -hmm. you're busy giving to the sport you're busy giving people the opportunity to play for stuff that we couldn't even imagine doing four years ago. Like yeah, it's yeah. honestly, it's grown the sport so much. It's actually crazy. And it's so good to see because these are almost numbers that you would see like back in the day in Regina and all that kind of stuff. However, like Saskatoon, you would see like thousands of entries, but you know, yeah. like, but you're starting to get numbers. You're not getting 120 people. You're getting two, 300 people bowling shifts. And that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Considering yeah. like the last 10 years, you've been completely like the sport has, it was dying. Let's be honest. It was actually, it was dying. It just wasn't, you see it. You also see it enough. Enough. <laughs> I have that same conversation with Tim twice a day. Enough. 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 <laughs> but you also see it in like other provinces, like in their masters and stuff. They're struggling. They're struggling to keep the game alive. And it's sad, but yeah. at the same time, it's the reality. And I don't know what other provinces have to do to get the involvement. Like Newfoundland. Newfoundland's come a long way the last two years doing what mm -hmm. they're doing. With yeah. their little tour that they've got going on, but mm -hmm. it's driving bowlers to play. Yeah, and it's, it's all about working together. 
Yeah. And we're we're super fortunate where we are that we all seem to get, you know, get along. We work well with the other proprietors. Um that that's definitely a strong suit for the tour and and most of Western Canada, but you you need you need to be able to get along and and you need yeah. to, you know, put aside like your own personal beliefs and, you know, um compromise with certain things and you know um yeah that's 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 the biggest thing without question and it's something that some some places struggle with and we're just fortunate that we don't here really well and it's actually getting the organizations to work well with one another mm -hmm. instead of against each other because yeah. we have multiple provinces right now that the bowling proprietors are doing their thing. They don't want to support the five pin or the five pin doesn't want to have any involvement with the masters. They don't want the masters playing in their houses. Like it's just it's crazy. It yeah. is. It's, and that's another. I've always, I've always said that I think that uh, the bowling will be, it's, it's kind of in a tough spot, I think. Um, I really think that uh, we're a unique sport where I think we're at the whim of the proprietors a lot of the time. Um, and, 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 and whether we agree with what they want to do, at the end of the day, it's their private business and what the, and they'll figure out what, what, what's, what they want to do, right? And um, so I think it's up to the associations to work with them and try to make things work. Um, but it's tough because I, I think there's a like we've all been there before where there's a, I think we've all had great ideas and we maybe approached them and maybe it hasn't gone the right way, or maybe we haven't approached them the right way um, and we get shut down from it. Um, but I, I think there has to be a middle ground. If there's, if the proprietors aren't bringing anybody in to, for bowlers, there's no associations either. Right. So um, I think, I think associations have to work together on drawing bowlers in that aren't bowling and then helping maintain them. But uh, like I said, like the relationship is real tough. Um, you have to work together. At least in Alberta, we we really do. I think do well at that. So yeah, and you're yeah. seeing uh, you're seeing the majority of the centers work really well together. Yeah, we, I tell you what, we we've always said it, and I think Calgary has the same thing. Like um, at least in Edmonton, we have no animosity towards any of our centers. Yeah. Um, hell, like even the same the, going through Corona with everybody right now, we are constantly talking to them, texting them, or they'd be like, "Hey, what about this?" And then I mean, one day. Uh, we had another center come by and look at our reservation system. Like we have, as long as you're confident in your business, right? I always yeah. strongly believe that, you know what, uh, you're willing to help everybody out on a common goal. And so I, in Alberta, we're really good about that, right? Um, yeah. I just wish other places would get on board. You look at some stuff, maybe what's going on in BC, and I, and I just cringe. And I, I just think that's not the right way to handling things. So No, and the same with Manitoba, right? Yeah, yeah. And finally, they're starting to get the open back, my understanding. Finally, yeah. Yeah, finally, but yeah. how do you go, like, a few years without even having an open? For Also, like, for their women who dominated the open for how many years, right, to all of a sudden having nothing. Like, how does it get that bad between organizations that... Well, that, that was an internal organization problem. That was a, that was a problem between uh, the Winnipeg 5-pin and the Manitoba 5-pin. Yeah. Right. So like mm. that's, that's no. 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 I, I, I from, my, from my understanding, I think it was just uh, how they handle things together with the proprietors. Um, I I don't quote me on it. I I think they they were char weren't charging anything for their cards, right? And and then they were asking the proprietors to sell it, right? And then 
that didn't end up working out that way. So they lost all their funds that way. I, I like how you tell Dexter, no, he's completely wrong, but don't quote me on my reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, all, all, I, all I know is that Manitoba sent a team to Nationals and Winnipeg wasn't involved. So that tells me that there's conflict in between those two. That's all. Yeah, yeah. It just a matter of yeah. paying things back. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it, it is definitely sad to see um, some of those zones or some of those provinces having those issues. But it, I think you're starting to see the turnaround. Like Winnipeg seems like it's really on up and up. Manitoba is really starting to push things again. Um, I think it helps that they had successful Masters teams and stuff like that, that maybe some people are thinking, well, our, if our Masters team is competing so well and winning, you think our open should be a, a huge force to be reckoned with too. Right. And obviously they were in the past. So I think you're starting to see the youth start to take a handle a little bit more on what's going on around there. And it's starting to show. And that's, and truly that's what needs to happen. The youth need to stay involved. But at the end of the day, we're lucky in our men that our men are staying involved. Our youth kids are coming up, but I, I don't know why it is or how it becomes that way and it it's been that way for as long as i can remember how many women actually continue after ybc Tons, and it, yeah. it's yeah. very obvious like in alberta right you have a lot of young talent that just doesn't i get yes they're going to school and yada 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 but where the guys, guys are going to school too, but they still have, I, I guess it just goes to show the drive difference between guys and girls, priorities, education, but guys make it happen. And I, I don't know what it is. I understand when family's involved because a mother's role is a mother's role. And at the end of the day, it's boys, kids, they de boys, girls, they depend on mommy. Mommy this, mommy that, it doesn't matter. And until, especially at the young age, right? But for girls going to university and stuff, I don't, I just, I don't understand where it gets dropped. Because I know yeah. I can, right? Like I educated myself, I worked full time, I still bowled, but I also had the drive and desire to do it. Yeah. Could, could I, I wonder if, like, the intimidation factor is something that plays in. Um, I don't. I don't see you as a person who's intimidated by anything. Um, but I know there's a lot of a lot of girls that can be. Um, so I, I wonder. I wonder if that plays into it, and if there needs to be some sort of bridge in between, in between YBC and the adults. I, I know Ontario used to run Yaba forever. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I wonder if that would be something beneficial for. Our younger bowlers. Um, we're, we're again, we're fortunate where we are, where we seem to have brought in a fair amount of younger bowlers into like, you know, our, our one who was running our Wednesday match play league. Um, our Sunday match play league is usually pretty decent for that, getting some of the younger bowlers in. So at least they they know who the people are and yeah. become comfortable around them. So Here's that the thing we have them playing league here, like they're yeah. playing league. You just don't. Like even our numbers for the open, for the open are lower. For especially, they didn't they didn't even know if they'd have enough to do a ladies and mixed team this year. Like hmm. that's what I mean. Like your numbers until the last week, their their numbers were like super low, right? 
crazy. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I, I we have a problem out here in uh there's I won't say the center, but there was a center out here um that really had a really dominant amount of youth that continued to make nationals a lot of the times. And uh I felt and this is sort of why maybe I think our association's taking the ball and uh, try to run with it a little bit, but I felt like there's a lot of great players that came out of that center and they never continued. Right. And, um, yeah. and I, so it's whether if, and I, and the proprietor wasn't really asking them, they just graduated. Said, Thanks for your, you know, your 18 or 19. Thank you for going on moving on. Right. Um, so I think it's part of our job to go and try to like talk to these people. I, I strongly, and I'm not trying to give, give Adam a big head, but <laughs> I strongly would never play the autumn open if Adam didn't personally talk to me about it. Like he texted me one day and, or messaged me and said, Hey, you come up the autumn open. I haven't played in a few years. And I, and I, and yes, I've always done it now with everybody because I think that personal contact just from somebody that you didn't really know or somebody you might have looked up to. I don't look to, up to him now. I think he's a jerk, but um, <laughs> but it, 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 go, it goes a real long ways, right? And I think that's where people are missing and a lot of the things. I make sure I talk to all my youth and we try to encourage them, and I think that's the way we have to do things. Yeah, well, and guys, you guys things for your YBC program to begin with. I, yeah, no, no and, and honestly, it's not just us. If, if it, like, you know, Palmer's been on here, he's here, and yeah. uh, when his kids are playing at Bonnie Dune, we, we never once said, Hey, you know what, come to Sure Park. We said, Hey, if your kids need help and, and you guys want to bowl, we're always more than happy to help you out. Yeah. Right? It, it's a community at the end of the day. Like I said, we all work together on things, and I think that's what's really lacking in our sport uh, with developing and carrying the kids on. I think there's a lot of uh, ladies, especially, and I, I hate to say it, that maybe they don't feel like uh, welcomed or they're nervous, maybe, and maybe that's it, or, or, or maybe they're unsure of their confidence, right? And if we can help balance that and push that forward, right, I think that's it's a huge thing. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Pam, Pam just kind of chimed in here. They said the center growing up paid for the master's course for the top male and female graduating out of the yeah. YBC program. Yeah. So obviously that that's giving back. That's also introducing them into the adult ranks on the master side a little bit, but obviously getting them introduced into that stuff. And that was one thing in, I know I grew up in a smaller um, area than you guys did, but our center um, had a Monday match play league, which was pretty, pretty strong. We had Gino, Mark Jackson, a lot of those guys, but they went to the YBC and they asked, the seniors if they wanted to play and they'd come in as C or B bowlers or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're the ones playing in that Monday scratch league, right? It's, it's keeping or getting your, your more competitive bowlers, introducing those YBC into these tournaments or to these leagues that keep them involved. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a support system is so, so crucial because that, that way, you know what, even when they step into new situations, at least, you know, um, they're going to know people around them and uh, it, it'll give them an opportunity to go and, you know, you know, spout off and say what they need to say and get the advice that they need and, and go back to what they're doing. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think that's crucial in our game. And, and I think we're, I think we're doing a decent job in a lot of parts parts of it, but there's always a lot of things that we could do better. You you look how young the tour got, eh? Carrie can probably, I mean, Carrie doesn't mm-hmm. have stats on, but you can tell that, uh, we're kind of, we're kind of the old some of the older statesmen or at least Adam is for sure now right and uh, but it's it's crazy uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think that's a huge thing right and uh, I just kind of carries on through that 
Well, the last, yeah, the last week, but even like you look at even our masters over the last few years, they are super young. Yeah. There's a lot of young kids coming up into the masters, which is great to see. And yeah, like I said, I don't play many of the other tournaments, but there's a lot of faces that I didn't recognize this year qualifying for the autumn open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Well, there was an extra 60 some entries, right? That That's yeah. a lot of people that yeah. just showed up and that didn't play the autumn open before and stuff like that. So, yeah. I, I truly believe it. it. It's almost the group that you're within in a YBC, right? It, it, it's not a whole lot of like one-offs that kind of continue with it, uh, with the sport. It, if you have a, a good group of five or six, or you've had some success at, at say at a provincial or national level, it, it's almost seems like every single one of those players kind of at least continues into an adult league, at least for a year or two. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, many indiv- like call it individual players or maybe individual success uh, or talent players uh, that just kind of give up one once they get to you know 18 19 because they just don't see what the future is uh, for them and uh, maybe they have other paths or they have other sports that they're interested in and you know bowling's kind of gone to the to, to the wayside yeah definitely has been a bigger push recently and i honestly i think it, it a big part especially in western canada is the pro tour because it now gives uh, that extra little push to, to maybe continue they're starting to see some money um the, the 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 parents are pushing them a little bit harder to continue in it uh to, to maybe give them a chance to, to maybe get in, into a tour championship one day right it, well yeah and that's the thing though right i started doing like the Saskatoon's, the Autumn Opens, when I was 14. I would, I would drive with Dave Sanderson and Roy Cunningham to Winnipeg, to play Winnipeg. Like it was, yeah, it was, I played them all and at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just wonder where, it's nice to start seeing them now, but even like years where the kids wouldn't come out and play, like even, Bradley and Tyler, who are more than capable, who have proven it over the years. But there's a lot of young talent out there that they need to get out and play. And once again, they need to believe in themselves that they can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's something that uh, keeps being reiterated throughout all these podcasts is you're, you're not going to keep being good or learn how to be good if you don't compete. If you just yeah. play once a year, that unfortunately that's not enough and yeah yeah, and it does cost money like there obviously a lot of people know that not a lot like when i first started playing i didn't have any money i saved up to just play the tpc or the autumn open and you rode down with a bunch of people so you didn't have to spend money on gas and hoteled with three or four different people and it's just what you did to try and try and compete and hopefully you get lucky enough to make a cut early in your career and hopefully it snowballs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think family as well, right. They need siblings, especially of similar age. I honestly, Tim and Dex say they, they grew up to, together and uh, played at a really high level together. And now they're continuing that success with, with yourself and, and Pamela as well. Right. There, there's so much success there. That and of course you're, you're your parents as well uh, pushing 
um, then you guys kept going with it. But it, as an only like only child syndrome type thing might play a big part. Um, I wish I knew that with Rich, but he's just not very good. But uh, <laughs> but it, 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 I, I really think there, there's a huge family part. If there's not a big push, uh, a lot of kids won't even get into bowling unless their their mom or, or dad are into it, right? Most do it. It's such a great sport. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got super fortunate when we were kids. We had, uh, I mean, we got we got put into YBC when our parents got pissed off with indoor soccer um, because they they were being forced to pay to go watch, um, and, and they they were pissed off about it. So here we are. We we joined YBC, but we ended up being around, you know, um, a good core five or six guys that we just you know grew up with the entire time and just push each other and push each other. And like when one person got ahead, the next person tried to catch up really quick. And um, that was like what Nick Abdemirits, Derek Gall, William Sutherland, Marty Amarkuluopa. Like we, cool. yeah. yeah, Matt Cole. Um, we we just became such good friends that we were family. And yeah, we would we would just push each other continually. Um, only a handful of us still continue to play, um, but we definitely all played right out of YBC for a little while too. Um, the other people, life took over and. You know, Nick became a doctor, and Mar Marty became a garbage man. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, priorities took over, and, and yeah, Marty quit for other reasons. But anyways, um, yeah, it, it's super important to have that. Just the, the people you can like, you know, push off of, and then again, it's it's a support group too. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, Jen, I'm not sure how much more time you have for us, but I, I do know Adam has some special guest questions that we definitely want to ask you. Um, so if you do have a few more minutes, we'll ask you. Awesome. Right. Uh, who was uh, your your idol or mentor growing up? Diane Violini. Okay. I started watching her from the time I was nine. I Because my dad played Masters at that time, and... I went to every single Masters tournament, and I watched Diane play. I stood behind her. And then I had Mike actually coach me in my first bowling school with the Alberta Bowling School. And, yeah, he said to me that he believed that I would be as good, if not better, than her. And I did. I went and I watched her over and over and over and over again and studied her. Not sure if I lost everybody there. Unreal. Uh, do you have a favorite event on tour or Masters Open? I love the Masters. However, like I said, I truly love the Autumn Open. I That is one tournament. My God, even when I was pregnant with Graham, I still played the Autumn Open. I was pregnant with Matthew, and it was still... It's exhausting because I didn't think I would actually make the cut and then make the 16s. But, yeah, it's one tournament. I think it brings – it's a completely different level. It's not just match play. It's stamina. It's every stick matters. That's one tournament that every stick matters because it's total pinfall after 15 games, whether you've got your bonus points or not. But you can't – even if you're out of your match, you still have to give her what you got, like get whatever's left on that deck, because at the end, it still matters. 
Whereas in like the TPC and stuff, three game match play, well, after two games, who cares? If you're mathematically done, you're done. Whereas this one, you're not done. You could have a few bad matches in a row and still find ways to end up in the top, if not win it. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Love, love that tournament. Uh, do you remember uh, a, a toughest match or a very memorable match? Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, I do. It was the last match, the year that I won the Autumn Open on 7 and 8 against Mark Jackson. It was really, it was, it was, I had Bruce Mortar, I believe, the match before that. And then I had Mark Jackson. And it wasn't, it wasn't about winning that match. It was having everyone behind me because apparently at that point I already had won. I didn't know I had won. I knew I was right there, but I thought that that match mattered. But having the support of that many people was absolutely crazy. Seven and eight out of all the places in Toppable. Seven and eight. <laughs> Seven and eight's okay. It's nine and ten you got to worry about. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least you got the wall to the right-hand side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, What's in your arsenal? What uh, bowling ball shoes? Well, I got the R78s for bowling balls. And I was a big fan of Dexter's until I had to retire them because there was just nothing left in them. <laughs> Believe it or not, I know you guys have problems with them and you're getting rid of them every few years. But, yeah, I went – God, I probably had them for – 10 12 years two pregnancies and they just yeah there's nothing left support wise so now i got the nikes okay. I still, and would i go back yeah. to the bowling shoe no 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 <laughs> always said i would never convert a runner but now i won't go back to the bowling shoe. they're just not made the way they used to be either no yeah. i agree Agreed. There's, there's just something with a little bit extra stability into it the like an, a formal bowling shoe that I don't know I I can't seem to to make the transition myself. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually really surprised, to be honest with you, how comfortable they are. Definitely appears to be the trend. Yeah. Uh, what what's left on your bucket list? Ay, 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 that's a good question. Twins. Canada <laughs> 10, do not recommend. <laughs> What's left on my bucket list? I honestly have not thought of it. I'm not going to feed you a line of shit because that would I honestly, whatever happens, happens. I would love, I would love to have a few more years at Nationals. For masters, but if if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. He said, "I've I've done what I've wanted to do, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm content with whatever happens in the game." I think that makes you almost more dangerous. I've always found that when you're when like at least with me, if I'm like not super concerned with the outcomes, you know. You're mentally not in like maybe not in the best headspace all the time. If I'm just out there just throwing balls and just letting it happen naturally and and not being super concerned about it, I I play way better. It's just freewheeling and just going. So if you're if you're going out there being like yeah whatever happened happens, that's probably pretty dangerous. Um, in ways I have to disagree though, Gex. Yeah. 
because okay. then my mind, my mind frame's not there either, right? I still have to, I still have to want it yeah. to a certain degree, but yeah. it's not the end all be all. But I still, yeah. I still have to want it and have to have a taste for it, or I've proven it. Like, look how many tournaments I'm sitting there thinking, oh my god, now I got to get it together. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not walking away, not doing it. At the end of the day, I can say I don't want it, but it always comes down to the end of it. And I actually do want it. And who's shooting big numbers their last few games just to make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's sure. harder to do. But <laughs> yeah. Jen, Jen, you've won everything except for open mix, haven't you? <laughs> True story. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, I, in a couple more years, I, I haven't won the open men's either yet, Tim. No, or well, <laughs> I was going to say you, you can get your master's senior gold soon, but I mean, <laughs> but, <laughs> but thanks, thanks. I felt a little bit better about saying that after you throw slam, so it's okay. <laughs> I would Adam, yeah. actually I'd love to I would love to win the triple crown for master singles. Yeah. But really there's there's a bucket list for you, but at the end of the day it's yeah. I'm not gonna stress it to happen. Would, would would you ever play seniors? I mean like I mean right now I obviously you I can't see you compete in it at all. You're so you're so good already as it is in the ladies division, right? In all honesty, I think if it came down to that, I'd be retired before. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not putting. I'm not saying that. That no, not. There's certain players, like even Gino, Gino. says the same thing. If he yeah. can't compete, he he'll hang up his shoes. Ten years. Look how many years Diane's been eligible to play seniors, oh. and she's yeah. still playing tournament division. I yeah. and then there's Giggy. Giggy goes to the senior division, and he doesn't want to go back. He loves it. I know. <laughs> well, they get they get lunchtime, so he's not anymore. They do get lunchtime. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> oh, no, they get a lunch break, but it's not given to them anymore. They don't yeah. get oh. free food. The lunch break's that, huge. Or, I will admit that I was actually looking really forward to playing with Tim mm -hmm. in Newfoundland this year. We had a lot of fun. I, yeah. Relationship-wise, like and friendship-wise, Tim and I, as far as I'm concerned, like we've come a long ways over the last three, four years. For sure. And yeah. I think you're at the prime of your game. You're at the top of your game, and I think that you would have been the player to really bring the fire out in me. Well, thank you, Jen. I would. I was looking you know, forward honestly, to. Yeah. Yeah. I was, and uh, I mean. Uh, hopefully we have another chance down the road, but there's no guarantees that ever happens. But. There's no guarantees. So, yeah. so if it does happen, Jen, I just want to give you a little tidbit. Don't bet Tim because Tim crumbles under money situation. So <laughs> just give him moral support. He'll be fine. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> it's not That's on the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and you, you really Jen. can't he's not support him well. I mean, he's either going to, you know, you can support him and he can win, or you can't support him and, and he'll come in second. It's fine. Third time's a charm. That's what I would think. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, if there's one person, uh, past or present, that you could have a, a challenge match with, or, or maybe somebody didn't have a chance to play uh, a match against, uh, who would that be? 
Oh, goodness. It's tough to say because, like I said, I started the or the money tournaments so young that I can't say I haven't played them. I've played them. Good chunk of them for sure. Yeah, I don't. What, what about any of the new stock out there? Would you want to play against anybody up and coming? Well, I played Bradley last year at the Autumn Open, and that was a great feat because, you know, it's just like one of those, like I roll, so I'm going to get my ours whipped here but i managed to dig it and figure out how to throw strikes against him it was pretty awesome <laughs> trying to think like for the other i think and i think bradley is very intimidating but to be honest with you he's, he's just loud till you actually see him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to him you can't see him yeah, exactly. <laughs> translucent <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know adam that's a good question i don't know who i would want to play in a match i don't you know actually i don't think i've ever played diane violini to be honest with you no i don't think i have i don't think it's ever like come into like the open back when i was playing i don't think it was ever her and me in a final and I wasn't wasn't really playing a whole lot of cash events. No. At that point so. Um. Well, you, found, you found an answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that perfect. <laughs> um. Do we do we want to do we want to field the question from the crowd? <laughs> yeah. Sure. We can. Uh, <laughs> oh, from Len Anza. Oh. Uh, oh. Wrong, yeah. wrong sorry, answer. This one, wrong yeah. answer. Uh, <laughs> one. One. <laughs> uh, as everybody's been mentioning, I was you, devastated. <laughs> don't doubt it. No, don't do yeah. <laughs> um, what's the next step in our sport? What, what What's uh, an improvement that, uh, you know, the sport needs or, you know, the WCBT can help with, we can help with. Well, like I said, I think you guys are on, in the right direction and doing everything you can do. It's just, you're doing great things for our province. It would be nice to see. And like I said, Newfoundland's taken the same Thing and they're they're going with it and yeah. look at look at the success that's coming out of Newfoundland. Look at the players they're starting to get and it would be nice to actually see other provinces maybe start doing the same kind of thing and really pushing involvement in the sport and getting people to work together. Because truly, until that happens, it's going to be a dying breed in Ontario and. BC and like they're they're fighting for numbers just to get teams together and it's not only for the open or masters it's for everything you don't have them coming out to cash tournaments like besides the Elys and that clan that's coming now and Jordan last year starting to play these tours yeah. you're not getting them right and it's it's sad to see it's yeah, it's a it's a fairly select group that always comes from BC, yeah. but you don't you don't see too many new ones that they're trying to drag out with them. Like um, I know uh, 
King came out last year. I think he's come out a couple of years in a row at the TPC. So there is some of that going on. We'd like to see a lot of the youth come out from there. But the uh, it's kind of sad. Lower Mainland's already lost two more centers. I think North Shore closed, and I think um, where Burnaby closed, Old Orchard, and then I mean obviously Willowbrook closed down. So Willowbrook closed last year. Very very scarce. Uh, You know, honestly. I know Jason Kennedy leads listens to the podcast. Get your PG guys out there. They have a great core of people up there, and they do a yeah. great job. Get those kids out there because I think that's the only way you get the experience and, and get them better. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, Jen, if uh, if we don't have any more questions for you, I, we're willing to let you go. I know these guys uh, have some obligations they want to fill for the end of the podcast here. So. If you're wanting to head out, we'd just like to thank you very much for answering all our questions and uh, giving us great insight. You're welcome, guys, and thank you. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, really appreciate Always so good chatting with you. Just, just before you leave, uh, the, the only other question, or maybe uh, is there any words of wisdom for the next group of females that, that are coming through that uh, either you can help them prepare or – any words of wisdom from from literally one of the best females to have ever played our game? You cannot make someone mentally tough. They have to want to be it. They have to work at it. And at the end of the day, it's about believing what you have and working with it and knowing that you can do it. Love it. Great. I I just want to give a... Uh, a big high out to Perry Perry Gilliam. Yeah, long time no see, buddy. Good. Wow. <laughs> Good to see that. Awesome. All right, Jen. Enjoy your uh, night and uh, thank you to you. With the kids. Thank you to Mark for giving you the night off, and thanks for the kids for being so understanding. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> You've been a, a personal mentor for for many years of mine. Yeah. So. I uh, appreciate you doing this for, for all of us. Thanks, Absolutely. guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was great. Uh, she uh, definitely had lots of insight on um, the lady side of everything and obviously um, being a top competitor for a long time. <laughs> Lucy's, <Yeah>. only, <laughs> Lucy's only here for Jen Smith. Sounds well, right. See you later, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a new roommate. Hey, All so, right. So we're, we're not getting through another podcast without Dexter's Rulebook Corner. Uh, so I don't have anything. So we might have to go to. Uh, are, are we going to do the spin the wheel again? We got to do a little uh, rulebook roulette. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I stopped on fouls. <laughs> a foul is committed when any part of a person's, a, a bowler's person wearing apparel or object comes in contact with the lane bed, foul line channels, ball return, no. or portion of the equipment on building or building which are online with or extend beyond the foul line. Which is actually interesting because it also means if you touch the foul line, you don't have to be over the foul line. You just have to be touching it. Mm-hmm. There's your rule for the day. Um, isn't there? Wasn't there a submission to change that rule, Tim? Wasn't like um, 
chains but, and stuff if it breaks it's fine correct so um actually it's really great that dexter's here because dexter is part of that committee to move that forward i, uh, I love being on that committee <laughs> I, I, I uh i i gratefully i gratefully put him on that committee and he did a great job on it because everybody knows he does mm. uh he knows the book in back of his hand so um we have talked about it and we moved it up as a5 to maybe um see if we can change it where i, I think honestly if somebody throws uh, if a pin falls in the gutter, like from your from your shirt, or you know, a watch goes down the lane, is it really worth the foul? Like I don't, I, I see it kind of a a dead rule to be honest with you. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we kind of just uh, we kind of we moving that forward. Yeah, there's gonna be a little bit of a cleanup with it, I think. But thank you, Adam. Perfect. Actually, we might have just had the uh, another question come through the chat. Yeah. If you lost the ball and missed the ball sensor, is it a gutter or do you count the shot? Count the, the ball no, sensor is just part of the scoring machine. It doesn't actually um, – the ball is still delivered. You Physically, if the machine doesn't count the ball, you still count the ball because you know what physically happened in the game. You, That's you know pretty straightforward. You know what the best straight part about that answer is? You know what the best part about that answer is? You just unwillingly – Took, took over the potato. <laughs> I, I was just giving my advice. Now we, now we want, now we want the actual. <laughs> now we want the actual rule from nope, Dexter that's Wiseman. That's it. You nailed it. <laughs> Is it <laughs> uh, what? Uh, right, we got, we what's the section? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, I doubt that it's actually specifically listed in there because the, the automatic scoring is just something you know bonus over and above of what uh, I think of what the actual game is. So is there something? There's probably something in the rule book stating if the automatic scoring fails. I'm yeah, sure I'm sure it'll just be under legally delivered ball. Um, Anyways, right. to clear the dead space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Rookie mistake. My bad, my bad. All right. We got one more thing, guys, don't you? Yeah. Oh, we got an official from Jim Head said he is legally yeah, delivered. delivered ball. There you go. Yeah. In yeah. the ball section. There you go. Legally See, delivered ball section. Yeah. Uh, it has to be delivered by uh, manual means. Um a boy ball now shall not be delivered in an overhand motion. Uh, a two. This is interesting. A two-handed delivery requires that the ball be cradled in the hands with the two thumbs up position. So you can't do this way two-handed. You have got to do this way. Well, I don't know about just you, so you, but how do you hold a ball like this? Uh, you don't, uh, just give it a flip. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, a ball may not be rolled to clear deadwood or balls from the channel unless permission is granted to do so. Um, and any ball clearing, uh, hitting or clearing a C5 approved lane protection device shall be considered a legally delivered ball. Um, you just, you know, it becomes a dead shot. So, um, yeah, nowhere in there does it say anything. It's just the, the, uh, the automatic scoring is just something over and above. Perfect. So is there anything else you guys want to do before we end this podcast? Well, do, do you guys have any updates on uh, reopening? No. Maybe maybe Friday we'll find out more, probably. Okay. Yeah, Might be stage three, might be stage two. It's still a coin flip. Might be somewhere in between. 
And I'm still not convinced, Danny, that you'll make a comeback with or without alcohol. <laughs> he wants to know who's on the committee. Oh, I'm 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 for it. <laughs> uh, Danny, uh, truthfully, uh, this conversation did come up at Masters uh, last year uh, on our board meetings too. Um, it, it's not happening anytime soon, but uh, conversations have happened. Um, Matt's asking if anybody knows where the rule of falling off the person goes on the over the cause the foul. Um, I'm assuming that came from like 1930. So no, yeah. Matt, we we do not know where. Yeah, it came see, from. and and that's the problem I have <laughs> with the rule, and, and and why I actually I was I believe I was the one that actually brought it up to you too. It just it just drives me nuts because you you gain no benefit. It's, no. You're not there's yeah, yeah. there's oh. yeah it is there's, no, there's no benefit no. Well, thanks guys for coming on and discussing that, and uh, we just want to thanks thank Jen again for joining us. Yeah, uh, I know we've been asking her for a while, so to. To get her finally on is huge. So, uh, Rob Shannis, just so you know, we want you on too. And we showed a video of you, so hopefully you uh, give in to peer pressure like everybody else does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you guys, if you want Rob Shannis on, message him for us, please. Yes. He's supposed oh. to be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Send in your request to Rob Shannis. Let's go. Yeah. Seth too. He's been ducking us for a while. No, and Seth's in. We got him. And, yeah. the, and Seth is booked. So He's we're scheduled. Good. Yeah. yeah, just like Shane Chafield Bale. Uh, who's Shane Chafe? I don't even know who Shane Chafe is. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you later, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody.